This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. David Housel described it best, we are living the whole of the Auburn experience. You can quantify it or qualify it through a variety of different times, places, people, things, and experiences. But at its heart and at its core, the Auburn experience is all about its culture and all about its, well, I I took a big part of it out, the sports, the culture, and the family. And because it is about family, of course, the Auburn family has to be part of the show. I am your host as normal, Kyle Loomis. And beside me is no one tonight because your regular co-host, Austin Scott, is out this evening, as many of you already know who are watching live uh, from the pre-show. Out sick tonight, very sad that he would not be able to join us to talk about uh, some interesting topics that we were revved, revved up to do this week. So you just got me, but we're going to do something a little extra special. We're going to be doing a Q&A episode. So this won't be episode 68. It will be almost like an episode 67.1 or 0.5, however you'd like to categorize it. Uh, We're going to be taking questions and answers that we've gotten previously, but especially for those of you that are watching live. So if you've got a topic and you're watching live or a question that you'd like me to address in the show, Post it in, and we'll add it to the queue. But we've already got a great uh, slate of those already put up, and I've got some things that I want to discuss tonight too. So that's how this is going to work, and we appreciate you. So we're going to cover Auburn potpourri at the very start. Some things that I wanted to talk about tonight with Austin that we probably would have spent a lot of time discussing um, in our main topic segments, especially. But we're going to hit those tonight because I don't want to miss out on the current events of what's going on with Auburn right now. And I think I would be remiss if we didn't just start right here with our very own Aubby the Tiger getting his incredibly well-deserved Auburn statue now for everyone to see in front of the Melton Student Center. Uh, And I, I cannot believe it took this long for us to have a statue for Abby in his honor. Most of you will have seen the videos by now of it being unveiled, of Abby getting to see it for the first time. It looks great, in my opinion. I also heard some opinion that it's kind of a little bit thrown off. For those of you that need a little description, it's Abby standing up in all his glory on a, on a pedestal. I think he's throwing up a, a number one sign, but in the other hand, holding up an Auburn flag, a, a legitimate Auburn flag, not a like one that's stiff blowing in the not blowing in the wind this one's actually blowing in the wind and so that'll be a great little addition to the statue it's what's called painted matina uh painted matina painted patina so it's that bronzy look but it's got some color to it if you haven't checked this out folks i think you need to it's definitely something that i think is worth going to see not just in person but online 
and again, very much deserving. This was donated, uh, all the money for this was donated completely. This isn't some project that took a lot of other resources away uh, from other things that may or may not um, be wanted by a lot of other fans. I saw a lot of discussion, honestly, this week about why hasn't Auburn done a, a statue for X or Y or Z and we're getting the mascot. I think there's a lot of nuance in that discussion that's missed in some of those questions. So I hope that you can all just celebrate the fact that Aubie is an 11 time national championship. And again, those are deserved. Those are earned. Those aren't just something that's claimed. And uh, it's about dang time that Aubie got his own statue. So I'd, I'd love, of course, after you're done watching the show or listening to this to know your thoughts about what you think about uh, the statue, would you have done something differently, a different pose, a different, um, you know, they, maybe you wouldn't have included the flag or something like that. But to me, I think it ca captures Aubie in his essence. And it's a great spot as well, right there in front of the student center. Everybody who's a student will see it every day. If you come to campus, it's usually a great uh, spot to gather. And now you've got a flag literally planted by Aubie <laughs> to gather around. So congratulations to Aubie. Moving along in potpourri, something that I definitely want us to uh, talk about is spring practice beginning this week. Uh, I know this is one of those times of year where everybody is just waiting for us to have something around football to discuss again. And I get it. I understand it. I know it, that, that you're all just itching for it. Let me remind you of how spring practice is going to go. There are 15 total practices scheduled. Remember, this is the schedule given how it feels like it'll lay out right now. There may be some adjustments to that. We've seen it happen before, but typically this is how it'll be laid out. Starting on the 27th, which again will be this Tuesday, running until April 6th, which will be the spring A-Day game. Now, you've seen sometimes in spring ball where they'll have like a practice after that to kind of clean some things up. Hugh didn't do that last year. Probably doesn't look like he's going to do that this year. But that's your schedule. The 27th, the 28th, the 29th uh, are the main days that they're going to practice in February. Remember, there's a leap year. I forgot about that, folks, in February. Uh, in March, they're going to have a week off, it seems, to start off March, but then get back to work on the 12th, the 14th, the 16th, the 19th, 21st, 23rd, 26th, 28th, and 30th. So nine days in March. And then the final three days in April, the 2nd, the 4th, and then I almost said May the 4th be with you, but it's April, folks. <laughs> Star Wars fan here. Uh, and then on April the 6th, the A-Day spring game, which I know we're all looking forward to. That is going to be a fun weekend. So right now, I know where most people's minds go. The big questions, the big topics about what to anticipate this spring. While I think that there is not a humongous quarterback battle there's always going to be some type of positional battle i think what's more interesting for folks is to get the first look at some of these transfers that have been brought in for auburn now if you look at the transfer portal compared to last year it's not going to be as exciting right it's not as many players there's not as many like wow like we got this guy in, in the transfer portal but outside of the transfer portal you're bringing in incredibly highly regarded a freshman class, especially in a few particular areas. And some of them are already on campus participating in workouts, already in school, 
some of those big names out there that you all are thinking about right now. So really for me, I think it's not even the quarterback battle. I think that'll probably be tried to made into more of a story than it actually is. We will definitely see a lot of people gushing over things that big names like Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson will be doing. Uh, that's obviously the group that's captured a lot there. But I think what we're all hoping for in this spring practice schedule, can we all just be honest, is just no rain for at least the A-Day game. If you were at the A-Day game last year, you know that was probably one of the most miserable experiences ever. And if you were there, you are a true Auburn fan and a trooper. I was, and I'm not just saying that because I was there. I just can say that and attest to it because of how miserable it was to be there and just sitting in there. They had fun, it seemed like, out there, but us in the stands getting drenched and not being able to play the game of football, trying to watch something, it was not fun. So while we're excited for the practice schedule, what we what stories and uh, races or um, battles that you may be wanting to watch in terms of positional stuff, I think what we all can agree on is that we just want an A-Day game that we can all go out there fully and they can participate in fully and that we can glean a little bit more than we did against the spring game last year. Other thing that I wanted to bring up in potpourri, and then we're going to get to some of your Q&As here in uh, this very special episode of the Auburn Experience podcast, is if you have been paying attention, hey, baseball's back, folks, and they just participated in one of the best um, new college baseball classics out there, the Jacks Baseball College Baseball Classic, the Jacks College Baseball Classic down in Jacksonville, Florida, and a pretty good cast of uh, teams there. You had Auburn, obviously, as part of that inaugural, inaugural group playing there. But you also had uh, big names in the college baseball space, like, uh, of course, Virginia, who they just lost to today, but not by much. Wichita State was there. It's a team that's maybe been a little up and down, maybe not as well-known in the college baseball space. But Auburn also beat Iowa, who is a ranked team as well. Had a great, great uh, performance down there, I think. Showed that they should be really considered as one of the top 25, essentially. But, you know, good baseball teams, that being Auburn, and uh, had a really, um, I think, convincing performance down there. I walked away even not having the opportunity to watch them on TV because you had to have a certain subscription. But following along with what the action was going on, the way the bats came out, some defensive plays came out. I think the pitching uh, had a pretty decent showing as well. To me, what I've seen so, so far through two weeks of playing baseball, Auburn, I think, has got a pretty solid team, especially with a lot of new faces, and I think the Jacks Baseball Classic proves that. So that is Auburn Potpourri for this week. Again, we would have covered at least those first two topics in more detail if Austin was here, but I think I need to save a little bit of that for him next week and We'll try to cover a little bit of his thoughts on some of those when we come back around. But upcoming, we want to talk about your questions and my answers to some of the things that you're most interested in us talking about here on this special episode of the Auburn Experience. All right, as I said, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. A lot of these I asked for before the show. Questions from our Conquer Club members. Again, if you want to join that, a uh, couple different ways that you can do that. I always encourage people to go through Patreon, patreon.com slash E2C Network. It's just a special community that you pay $1 a month to get into at minimum to be a part of it. You get in our Discord, have discussions with everybody, and we ask and interact with you guys there too a little bit more than we would on social media. Uh, we also, um, you can act, or we, you can access that on YouTube by hitting the join button. Uh, and there are a couple of avenues to get there, but those are the two that we recommend. So we took some questions from there, took some questions from social media. And those of you that are watching live, we have already. Um, taking some of those into account here that we're going to try to cover on the show today. We may not get to all of them. I have a feeling we will. We may not maybe we cover some of them together just because it naturally flows that way, but that's how we're going to do that for the rest of this show. So let's get started, right? I'm going to take one that just popped in from the live stream first because let's be honest, it's almost March Madness and I'm really excited about basketball. Let's take unbeaten lakes question to start with. Is it strange that I'm more worried about playing Missouri than I am about Tennessee? I think I understand where you're going here in Beaten Lake. For those of you that need a reference point, if you're listening to this episode far off in the future, uh, we just came off a humongous, not humongous, that's too much hyperbole, Kyle, come on, a good and solid win against Georgia on the road in Athens. Auburn has struggled as much of college basketball has, including the SEC basketball teams on the road this season. Auburn faced some adversity and then won handedly by the end of it, literally putting them with their tails between their legs. Upcoming uh, on Wednesday, we're doing this the Sunday before, you got a humongous Tennessee-Auburn matchup at Tennessee. Tennessee is the arguably the best team in most regards uh, in the SEC right now. And then you'll have a Missouri team coming up. I believe it's the Wednesday after that, if I have that correctly. And somebody was asking me about our prospects for playing, what the rest of the season would entail. We'll, we'll talk about that in some more detail in a second. I understand what your question is here and what you're, what you're talking about. Why are you more worried about Missouri than Tennessee? Tennessee is all the focus and energy is right now because if you win this one on the road, you really set yourself up nicely for the rest of the the remainder of the season, but for the postseason in terms of seeding, resume building, a lot of focus and energy on Tennessee. In fact, it could require so much of that and take so much of that away. There's almost like this balloon that gets let out no matter what happens. And maybe it, it causes the team to relax or feel down on themselves if they lose. And unfortunately, you've got some teams that need wins Missouri that need motivation or don't need as much motivation because let's be honest, Missouri, especially is right a team right now that <laughs> needs some things more than anybody else. So yes, I, I would be worried about a Missouri. I don't know that I'm more concerned about that one than Tennessee, but I understand what your question is and what you're getting at on beaten Lake. So that's, that's a pretty decent one to start off with. All right, we're going to go to our Conquer Club. As I mentioned, you can join patreon.com slash E2C Network or on YouTube by hitting the join button if you want to be a part of that. Thomas on our Conquer Club says, how do we feel about the state of Auburn football and how many seasons, this is a double question, uh, will it take 
till we're back to natty contenders. So let's tackle that a little bit. First of all, how do we feel about the state of Auburn football? I can only speak for myself. I feel like I can speak a little bit for Austin too, just because uh, he and I think a lot alike. I think that's why we enjoy doing this show together. I think sometimes we can maybe have a little, a few more differences, <laughs> but I'll say I'm speaking for me most likely for him. And I'm sure there's other people out there that don't agree with this, but I think the state of Auburn football right now is in a decent position in terms of what the trajectory most likely will be. People ask me time and time again, what is your prediction for next year? And it's way too early to be making solid predictions about what the record will be, all that stuff. But I always say this Auburn as a program in most scenarios is highly capable of reading, reaching eight and four every year, which means that you're going to be competitive that eight and four could mean that you lost to all like majorly ranked teams and you just look an average eight and four. So to me, I look at this team that I think is heading the right direction, at least in terms of focus continuity. Hopefully after this year, we can retain a lot more staff than we've done the last two years. I think we're heading in the right direction. The recruiting is clearly heading in the right direction. He was brought in on his resume to do just that, not just produce on the field, but produce in terms of recruiting and stuff like that. And he's done that. And when you talk about facilities, when you talk about the level of energy that the fans can bring uh, and always bring, it seems like, to the Auburn football program, to me, I don't think there's it's maybe hyperbole to say this. There's no better time to be part of the Auburn football program. I think the outlook is highly positive. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, that's what I would say. My outlook and my state of Auburn football would be your second part of your question, Thomas. Uh, and says, how many seasons will it take for, to we're back to natty contenders? <clears throat> I would assume Thomas that your qualifier for that natty contenders means that we are in the playoffs because i mean that's literally what a natty contender is is they're in the playoffs right <laughs> so to me a natty contender you've got to make the playoffs which is much easier starting this season than it would have been if we asked this question about last season so 12 teams as far as we know unless they change things on us at this point i think it's it in a Great, perfect scenario. Auburn could find itself in a national championship contender this season by that qualifying statement that you a contender is making the playoffs. However, if you mean it a little bit further than that, maybe that you're in the semifinals, that's probably in my mind going to be just a little bit further off. Because why do we talk about the NCAA in such high uh, tournament in such high regard, March Madness? Because yes, it's fun. A lot of people make it, but not many people really make it past those first two rounds. The contenders, they make it to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, and further into that. So to me, maybe you mean the step further is a contender is making the semifinals. Um, I think Auburn has all the capabilities, especially the way the schedule lays out, lays out this year to be in the playoffs, to potentially be considered a contender this season. Will it happen? Maybe not. I'm not necessarily convinced of that yet. Could be. If the qualifier is that they make the semifinals, I think we're probably two, three-ish seasons away from that, actually. Let me, let me give you a date. So this is 2024. I would say and hope that we are in a semifinal situation by 2026, 
at the latest. Is it a failure if we don't do that? No, not necessarily. But that's just kind of how I feel about it, to be honest with you. So that was Thomas's question, a double whammy there, but a great uh, set of topics to kind of talk about the perspective future of this team and all that stuff. All right, let's go back to our uh, live viewers and take some of our questions that you guys had a little bit earlier. Uh, Noah wanted us to talk about um, the Auburn quarterback room just a little bit. I'm going to take a little swig here because my throat's getting a little, little dry, so bear with me there. The Auburn quarterback room. What uh, is most like? Who's most likely going to start? Is basically what his question was, and this is a question that's getting asked a lot. And this is one that I, I have a, I won't say a unique perspective on, but also a kind of thing that I'm trying to get most people to realize is you y'all need to get on board with Peyton Thorn. <laughs> Just I'm going to be honest with you. That's what. I hope that y'all love about this show is that we're honest and we're not just trying to give you fluff here. We, I, I would say we, cause I, I can't speak for Austin. Uh, Peyton Thorne's your starting quarterback until proven otherwise. That is not taking anything away from Holden, from Walker, from Hank Brown. I actually feel pretty good about the quarterback position as a whole, about what we have, Kate, who we have at that position and what we could potentially bring out of that room, no matter who wins the competition. I think his seniority, I think his experience is going to win out even over a phenomenal freshman like Walker White. We as Auburn fans tend to have a very grass is greener on the other side type of approach when it comes to the quarterback situation. And unfortunately, I think that bites us in the butt a lot. So for me, when I hear people ask this question, my encouragement to you is to get on board Make yourself okay with Peyton Thorne being the starting quarterback. And if somebody else wins out, do the same there too. This is not me just saying I'm a Peyton Thorne homeboy and I'm going to only be happy with him. There's some other people the opposite way that I think you need to have that perspective. But I also think that you need to look at what the likelihood is out there. So I say Peyton Thorne is the starting quarterback. We'll see how it shakes out. And the great thing is, none of us, what our opinions is, it doesn't really matter <laughs> because the coaches are going to put the best quarterback out there, even if you don't think that person is the best quarterback. All right. Uh, we've got some more questions to take on the other end of this. So let's do that. A good set of questions already that we've covered. Thank you guys so much for joining us this evening. As you uh, found out, this is a little bit unique. Austin is not here, and we are continuing our Q&A special episode of the Auburn Experience. This is not episode 68. It's like 67.1 or whatever you want to call it in between the two episodes. But we are still talking about the Auburn Experience today. Continuing with your questions. And we've got answers, whether they're the answers that you wanted to hear or not. <laughs> I can't necessarily help you. But we're going to do the best job that we can. I think what we're going to do is continue taking some questions from uh our live viewers first and then we'll go from there we'll take another one from noah he had another question about do you think cam coleman will break records uh if so what kind of records will they break well this is a great question noah and i wish i had the actual stats in front of me and it's one of the drawbacks of asking for live questions because you don't have time to prepare for that because i'd love to compare what receiving because he's a for those of you that need context, if you're watching this in the past, in the future, well, I guess if you're watching this past, that's kind of weird. Um, 
uh, Clam Coleman is a very highly regarded, some would say, and most would say the best wide receiver in the class of 2024, signed with Auburn, already on campus, ready to go, probably going to be in spring practice. A lot of people are excited about him. Measurable-wise, he fits the mold of what Hugh Freeze seems to like in wide receivers. And I think that's going to lend itself to some highly successful times for Cam Coleman under Hugh Freeze and here at Auburn. Um, I think Cam Coleman has the potential, just like anybody, to break records. I think his measurables, I think Hugh's history with guys like him tends to lend that he will break some records. Which ones, I don't know. Now, one that I think that he's going to have a hard time breaking, and this is more of a, a dual person um, record. A lot of you will remember that Ryan Davis and Jarrett Stidham broke the record set by, I think it was Patrick Nix and um, maybe Patrick Nix and Frank Sanders. I may have that wrong probably, but they broke the, the most receptions between a duo thing several years back. I think they're going to have a hard time beating that one. And I say they, cause he's going to have to have a quarterback be with him the longest stretch of time to be able to accomplish that task. So uh, that if Walker white wins out the quarterback job this year, Again, we've already covered that in a previous topic, but if he does and plays several seasons with Cam Coleman, Cam Coleman early, maybe they can break it together. So I think that one's that's he's going to have a hard time. You talk about receptions, touchdowns. There's still so much that is dependent upon <clears throat> the rest of the offense being successful, not just the quarterback, but the offensive line giving the quarterback time. I think people don't think about this a lot. How often? or how much more success certain individuals of recent history at Auburn would have had success as a wide receiver, as a quarterback, if everything had been working in a much better function. So it's an interesting thought, and it makes me go to a wider view, Noah, than just the Cam Coleman discussion. But will he break records? Yes. What? I have no clue at this point because I need to look at those records and see where it stands. But Auburn wide receivers have had some great history, but I think it's one of those areas where there's a lot of opportunity to make more great history. We'll just, we'll leave it at that. I think that's a, a fair statement to make. All right. We're going to take one from social media. This comes from spider web. Good to see you over on X. How are you feeling about the remainder of the games for Auburn men's basketball? So as we sit currently here, uh, the recording of this episode is the Sunday before the Tennessee game. Tennessee set their place, come back home from Mississippi State, then go on the road to Missouri. Talked a little bit about is that scarier earlier on from Unbeaten Lake, his question. And then Georgia. And I think I've got that completely right there. If I'm missing one, I'm sorry, but I believe that is the final stretch for Auburn in the men's basketball schedule. We're almost to March Madness, folks. Get excited, because I am. So, there you go. Uh, that's your schedule laid out. What do you think about the rest of uh, the schedule, Kyle, is basically, the how, how am I feeling about the remainder of the games? Tennessee, I'm worried about. <laughs> I would think you would be. It's the, one of the best, if not the best, in the SEC. I think Bruce said it best on a recent uh, press conference with the Jalen Williams situation and him being out for a little while really makes us undersized, especially for teams like Tennessee. 
So you, it's on the road. There's just so much stacked against us that I think losing there, you kind of almost have to anticipate that. This team is a very good basketball team, despite what some of you may think in terms of consistency issues. It's a good basketball team. They are still capable of beating this team, especially if they get performances like they got from like CBM and others. Chaney Johnson stepping in with extra time because of the Jalen Williams situation. Definitely can win it. Mississippi State, I'm not going to say it's a foregone conclusion that we can win that one simply because um, anything's fair game in the SEC. Nothing's a given. But because that game was such a embarrassment for Auburn at the time, I think, first of all, Neville Arena is going to want some revenge after not having to win at home <laughs> in a while just because of the bye week and such. I think that one's going to be a win. Missouri could be a trap game. Unbeaten Lake asked about that earlier. I still feel like we can get the win as of this moment. They haven't won a single SEC game. I believe that's still correct. Hopefully we're not the ones that give that to them. And then you got Georgia at home who we just walloped at their place. So I think saying Auburn goes three and one is not a foregone conclusion, but is a likely conclusion for the remainder of the season. Now, if we talk about postseason, that gets a little bit more convoluted for our purposes of our conversation here. I think we can like leave it at just that for now. Remainder of the season, I'm seeing three and four of the three and four, three and one with a loss at Tennessee, just because I'm so nervous about that situation there, their size, and Jalen Williams not being there. It's going to be tough. Definitely is going to be tough a battle for them to, to walk out of there without a loss, but we'll see what happens. That's the great thing about the games. You got to go out there and play them. And then just see how everything shakes out. All right. We've got at least, I think we may have some other questions. I'll check before we get out of here. Uh, Thomas on um, our live view has this question. What position group are you most worried about excluding quarterback? Thomas, 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 Thomas. You know me well enough, buddy, to know what position I am always focused on is the position and i would say the equal opposite on the other side too but you understand this line of thinking i definitely my friend offensive line as the offensive line goes the success of the team goes if they cannot put together continually consistent improvements at that position everything else is going to suffer even the defense is going to suffer because your offense can't stay out there and give them time to rest could say the opposite way for the defense too and the defensive line. <clears throat> That's why they're of pretty equal importance too. The game is a game of inches. It's one at the line of scrimmage. It's a reason that you see a lot of quarterbacks that look amazing in college, but look terrible or at least very inconsistent at the pro level because they played behind a lot of great offensive lines. So for me, when I say you ask worried, and I think that I take that to mean you think I, you would say who do you have the most concerns about? And I think it's still the offensive line, not because I don't think they're not going to improve, but simply because I know how important that is. And I, I need to see us improved in that area. I think defensive backs on the other side, a lot of talent to replace DJ James, Jalen Simpson, Nehemiah Pritchett, a few others. I'm forgetting. Um, these guys had really made a name for themselves. Auburn's been a, ironically a defensive back. You for a while, Started under Gus Malzahn and has been maintained through the other uh, transitions. And losing that talent is really going to, I think, open up Auburn for 
some weak points unless the talent, which we saw rising behind those guys, is ready. I'm hoping they are. But if you want to talk about concerns, that's probably where I'm focusing right now. Offensive line. And then, of course, uh, the defensive backs, too. So we have covered a wide variety of topics on the recording today. And again, I appreciate you all so much being willing to sit in on a special episode. If you're on the audio recording for this, listening to a special episode of me yammer on for 30 minutes, we talked about potpourri, the obvious statue. We talked about the baseball uh, classic that Auburn baseball was just in down in Jacksonville. Of course, the spring schedule that's about to be underway and all your questions and topics, which range from recruiting to football to the basketball remaining schedule and everything in between. You guys continue to be the best little family within the Auburn family. And I appreciate you participating with me on this very special episode, a Q and a episode of the Auburn experience podcast. Episode 68 is going to be back with you next week, barring any more illnesses from myself or Austin. And we look forward to doing that with you. And if you want to follow me, do so on X at Kyle Loomis 24. And of course, you can find us anywhere else as ETC Network on social media. Follow us on YouTube. All the good stuff. Thank you so much for being here and being part of this little family within the Auburn family. So I'll talk to you again. War Eagle.